Okay, we're going to go a little bit back and then go ahead. Reading from the Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto 10, Chapter 38, Text 38 to 33. Om Jnana Timarandasya Gananjana Shalakaya Taksur Udmalatamyena Tasmai Shri Gurave Namaha Sri Chaitanya Mano Bhishtam Stapitam Yena Bhutale Sayam Rupa Kadhamayam Dadati Sapadantikam Vanchakalpa Turubhyascha Kripa Sindhu Bhayebhacha Patitanam Pabhanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Nama Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Siyadvaita Gadadhar Srivasa De Gaur Bhaktarinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare So greetings from the Jagannath Healing Center Um Sometimes wait Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Sometimes this class is a bit more of a challenge than the early one because um, I have to prepare a little bit for this because there's so many commentaries on the various words. But also, I have a deadline for Monday morning greetings. And I think most of you are on it or read it. There's a certain standard that it has to have focus. And what focus means, when there's good writing or good talking, there's focus. And focus means that every body of work has one idea. It's called a theme. And a theme is that one idea is it, one idea which everything else is connected, even though they may appear unrelated. For example, the Bhagavatam has a theme. Ete chamsa kala pumsa krishnas tu bhagavansva. So there's all kinds of subjects calculation of time from the Adam and the Kings and then the gopis and the, you know, the Rasa dance and the creation, Atrasargas, Visargas, Chastatir, Poshanam, Utaya, Manvatara, Ishakanta, Narodha, Muktash, 10 subject matters. But there's a theme. And that means everything is connected, even though apparently unrelated. Just like I can say, there's a theme of the material world. There's so many things happening here, but it's all connected to one thing. The material world is meant for liberation. So when you write, and I, I initially took a writing course by Jayadvaita Maharaj in the VIHE, you have to have focus. And focus means that everything you say has to be connected to one point. It was even an exercise that we did to um, uh, make sure it, it, something is focused. Every paragraph you have to say, so what? 
And then you have to answer, so what? And then you have to say, well, and then connect it to the theme. So when I write Monday morning greetings, they come out very simple. But sometimes to get that simplicity, it takes a lot of work. As I've quoted this many times, the author Pasquale said, I'm sorry the letter was so long, but I didn't have time to write it. So when you actually have time. So this week was somehow challenging in that way to get it really. And a lot of times when I begin writing, I'm not even sure what the theme is. As you go along, you find out, you know, my technique of writing is as soon as I get stuck, I go to the beginning and read it again. And as I'm reading it again, my mind is being activated of what, you know, that theme, that, that, that flow. So I still haven't finished it, but it took, it's still taking time. So I didn't have that much time to prepare, but anyway, we'll, we'll go through it anyway. But I thought I could start with tell you at least what that subject is. When I was preparing last week's Monday morning greetings, even I forgot what the subject was, but I became inspired. I, I had to listen to one lecture by this France, uh, I'm not sure it's France, oh, well, it's some type of monk, I, I forgot, Franciscan, um, Richard Rohr, who's also famous. I know some devotees are into the Enneagram. That was the first book on the Enneagram entered into ISKCON. He used to, not that he entered it into ISKCON. You want to trace the Enneagram back, it goes to Borijan. And Borijan shared it with me because he understood that I was in kind of a crisis. Um, Tom Brady last week, okay. Uh, I, I was in a crisis and according to that psychology, when you're in a crisis, the, the default mechanism would, to go, would be going the wrong way. So he wanted to make sure I go the right way. <laughs> so he showed me the Enneagram and sure enough, I was headed in the wrong way. <laughs> and I had to go in another way psychologically. So he shared it with me, but he said, don't tell anyone, otherwise it'll become a fad. Sure enough, I come back to America and I tell someone and tell them, don't tell anyone because it'll become a fad. And then it kind of <laughs> spread. But I was listening to a lecture about him about something else. I needed it maybe for the previous Monday morning greetings. And he's very, very liberal person, even too liberal for my own tastes. But he's very, very liberal. But he said one thing after his liberality, he said that to break the rules, you have to know them. And then that's, you know, that's how Monday morning greetings begins. That struck me as a very interesting idea that can be applied in so many ways. And then I thought about this great essay by Bhaktivinoda Thakur called the Bhagavad, it's ethics and theology which he describes what a real reformer is and a real crit critic. It's one that comes to fulfill the law, not to break it. Not to, in other words, if something is fixed, if something is broken, you fix it.
But to fix it, you have to know its purpose and value. <laughs> and, and Bhaktivinoda Thakur describes what happens in history is, you know, sometimes something needs to be fixed. And when a law needs to be fixed, the law needs to be fixed because it's because ancient traditions, you know, there's a reason why these things have stuck in history. They had some purpose, especially if it's connected with religion. So what happens is it may not be applied properly. There's things in the Bible that seem crazy, but at the time they had a particular purpose. And so what Bhaktivinoda Thakur said is, is that the, the true reformers come, come not to discard the law, but to fulfill it. And to fulfill it, you have to understand that like you fix something, you know its purpose, and then you can fix it to fulfill the purpose of it. So, so it's a very, very interesting concept that I, I wanted to explore. Um, and, you know, it, it, it even, I'm not discussing this in, 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 in my article because it has to be focused and it can't go too broad, too many subjects. But one thing I would understand that is, is that understanding the esoteric part of Krishna consciousness. You know, we have in our tradition almost so many, so kind of like so many laws about how we proceed and how careful we are. Otherwise we may misunderstand it. We don't jump to the 10th canto and, and so many things. But at the same sense, you know, Prabhupada, in his, or we don't read any other books. And there's so many strictures we have. But then you say in Prabhupada's books, everyone should read Krishna Kanamrita and, and, and uh, uh, what's that other book? Uh, anyway, Rasa uh, Shudanidhi, he, he names books that are very esoteric. So, so the point is, <laughs> if you want to break the law, <laughs> You have to know it. You have to know the purpose of it. And then you can apply it properly. You can analyze your own adhikari, your own qualification or lack of qualification and see how the strictures and laws apply to you. And I'm also discussing in the book, in the article, and I'm trying to write it very carefully, is, is Prabhupada's success. And, and the people who have success, the true reformers, they know the law. And they, it's not that they break the law, but they apply it properly, which may, may require altering the form in which it is traditionally expressed or presented. Um, and we saw that with Prabhupada you know, coming from an orthodoxy in India, and there was a purpose for the orthodoxy. And they had certain, especially when you talked about it, you know, the Gaudiya Math and a particular ashram, you know, they had certain uh, strictures in relationship to women's empowerment and participation. Even today, if you go to India in any of our temples, women are not the pajaris and women are not the cooks. 
Um, and, and, you know, so Prabhupada did is he empowered women. He let them into the ashram. He, he gave them availability to, to, to preach and to worship. So, so Prabhupada knew, the, so Prabhupada broke the law. But he did it because he knew the law. And therefore, at the, at the same time, he, 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 he understood that gender is not a social construct. Um, that's, that's a proven fact by social scientists that are, uh, it's just, it, it's, it, it's, and he understood to present that idea also so that in the proper application, the proper principles can be applied. So that kind of, of, of balance is there for people who actually fulfill law and actually uh, make traditions living. They don't ossify the forms of traditions in particular times. They reform them and they apply them in a particular time, but they know the purpose and essence of them. So anyway, I'm only expressing this to you because I myself now am trying to, because right after this, I'll finish chanting my rounds, I'll take lunch, and then I have like an hour to finish it. And it's not just time, it's thought. But anyway, that's my introduction here today. Um, now let's go today. Now, I didn't read the verse because it's four verses. And what's happening here is, it's so beautiful. Mano Rita. Success in spiritual life is your desire. You get what you actually want on the spiritual platform. If you want Krishna, you have Krishna. That's the way it works. So that's the, our, our, our spiritual process. Even in terms of our chanting, you know, and I have more time to chant now than I've ever, and I'm trying to take advantage of it. It gives you time to introspect. And the introspection is not just what are my words, but what is my intent? The words will help my intent. The mind follows the body. It's also purifying one. Ultimately, spiritual life is based on the intent and desire. And our whole spiritual life is geared to that one point in the heart. And we do things that increase that intent and we avoid things that dampen that intent. There are things favorable for bhakti. Um, Utsahan, Nistayat, Daryat, Tat Tat, Tat Karma, Pavartanat, enthusiasm and confidence and faith and practice and, and following Sato Vriti, following the, the, the sadhus. And then there's things that are unfavorable. Atyahara, Payasascha, uh, Pajalpa, Niyamagraha. 
greed, over endeavor, idle talk. So it's all based on that intent. And that's a very, very precious thing in our heart. That intent, that conviction, that faith for an objective or goal of being pure in heart and having universal love, having relationship. Universal love is not just a amorphous feeling. It's, it's, it's a relationship with reality. And reality is so kind that it, 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 its ultimate manifestation is personal. So you can actually have a personal relationship with reality. The whole spiritual life is, is developing that intent in the heart, that desire. And that carries you. What you desire is you get. That's the whole purpose of advanced practices of Krishna consciousness are called Raganuga Bhakti. And what's Raganuga Bhakti? It's your aspiring to serve Krishna in a particular way that one of the resonance of Vrindavan has in perfection. They're called ragatmaka bhakti, bhaktis. They have this rag. Rag almost means like color. It, it, it's their consciousness is colored with love of Krishna in a particular way. And raganuga means that you follow that. So what is the difference? The difference is between a ripe mango and a green mango. And the green mango becomes the ripe mango. So our desire to serve Krishna, it matures. That's perfection. So what we see in this story, Mano Rita, we see the aspirations and desires of a devotee carrying that devotee to Krishna. And then we see that his aspirations are fulfilled. You cannot say that on the material platform because material desires are unconstitutional. Material desires is to become something that you're not. And spiritual desires are to become something that you are. We're a servant of Krishna. We can become that. And not only can we become that, but everyone can become that. Material desires is I wanna be the center. Only one person can be that. <laughs> and the position is occupied. So material aspirations will always be frustrated. And they're never satisfied because we can never actually fulfill them. And I, I, I put false ego in my own way, and I've analyzed it in a simple way, desire for superiority. And therefore, it's never satisfied. The nature of the, it's never satisfied because there's always someone above you. There's always someone above you.
and therefore we see and it's it, and it's it a person who's hungry can only be satisfied by food a fish can only be satisfied in water and we can only be satisfied in service That's the only thing that'll satisfy our hearts. So we see this, this Manorita, the chariot is the mind. That's what moves us to God. And I, I mentioned many, many times, separation from God is consciousness. It's not physical distance. So now Akur arrives and the first thing he does is he sees the dust of Vrindavan and he sees Krishna's footprints and body and the dust of Vrindavan in different ways. And he, he gives up all pride. He gives up all fear. He gives up all lamentation. What's the pride? I'm the head of the government. I'm rolling in the ground. What's the fear? This is against the evil King Kamsa's will. There's no fear. There's no fear because a devotee knows he is protected. One of the symptoms of Sharanagati, one of the symptoms of Sharanagati, of taking shelter of Krishna, is the faith that comes along with that, that Krishna is the protector, which means Krishna will do what's best. It may not be what you want, but it'll be what's best. And you're convinced of that. So he takes that he, he, there and he rolls in the ground and then he's headed off closer to the village where he's going to see Krishna and Balaram. And then he sees them. And it's a very amazing scene when he sees them because He wanted to actually see them very naturally as they come back from the forest. Because when Krishna goes to the forest, you know, his mother likes to dress him up, but he doesn't want to wear heavy jewelry and so many things. And he somehow he has the dust of Vrindavan. And it's very Maduria. It's very, very sweet. But he comes home and then it's such a beautiful scene because Krishna is walking in the village and imagine that you are one of the gopis or one of the mothers of Krishna or what, and you're in your house and in front of your door, these, the, the most beautiful, attractive people in the heart. And I mentioned that attractiveness, it's, it, it, it's, it, it's born from heart. God's attractiveness, attractiveness is his desire to please his devotees.
So his beauty is not karmically sensuous because a lot of times you could, beauty can be sensuous. It can be the fulfillment of a karmic desire to control. But this is an existential or ontological desire to please. So he's Krishna and he's beautiful to draw out the love in the devotee's heart for his pleasure and the pleasure of the devotees. So the devotee is there and Krishna is walking by with Balaram. It, it's the most, it's not only a beautiful sight, it's a fragrant sight. When a Kura sees Krishna in the cow shed, he smells Krishna. Because when Krishna comes back home, he'll go to his house first before he goes to milk the cows. I explained before that Vrindavan is Goloka, Vrindavan is the place of the cows. And as there's so many monkeys today everywhere in Vrindavan, you can't imagine how many monkeys are outside my window. So many, but previously it was just cows, but there would be one place to milk the cows. There would be a cow shed. And Krishna loved to go to the cow shed it wasn't really like work. It was like, it was just like play. And even if Krishna was not so responsible, he's so beautiful. He's so attractive. He's God. He manifests his beauty to please the devotees by bringing the love out of their hearts. And therefore, his joyfulness, his play is so attractive to the people. And, and, and it's so nice. And he's holding a bucket of milk in his hand and the buckets are banging and it's the bridge bossies and they're, they're yelling and loud. As Raghunath Das Goswami said in Vrindavan, Mahimamrita Prakasananda Saraswati was... Prabodhananda Saraswati said, I'd rather hear the idle talk of the Brijabhasis in Vrindavan than attain love of Godhead any place else. <laughs> that voice, that voice, it, it, it's a voice where the love of Krishna comes out in a spontaneous, loud way. So all the sounds are love and Krishna his mother dresses him and he's so beautiful and he comes back in and, and you know, sometimes Krishna is holding the, the, the calf while they're milking the cows and then he, they put the milk in the bucket. And, and then Akura is coming. And when Akura comes, he looks into the cow shed and he sees Krishna. And it's so prominent. Even though Krishna is the same size, his effulgence, his beauty is so powerful that it's described like a mountain. And what is a mountain? A mountain is something that stands out. Little hills are not seen. The mountain stands out. So Krishna stands out and he's next to Balaram 
and, and Krishna is such a beautiful darkish color and he has this light golden dhoti and Balaram's a bluish, a, a white color and a bluish dhoti and they're together and they're, so he's seeing all this. Akrura then saw Krishna and Balaram in the village of Raja going to milk the cows. Krishna wore yellow garments, Balaram blue, and their eyes resembled autumnal lotuses. Very big lotus eyes. One of these two mighty-armed youths, the shelter of the goddess of fortune, had a dark blue complexion, and the others was white. So imagine you're a Kura and you're seeing this with their fine featured faces. They were the most beautiful of all persons. It's so nice to look at beauty. We all know that. We love to look at beauty, especially when the physical is a manifest or the external is a manifestation of the internal. We described before that Krishna's smile is called smrita. It's a smile on the face where often the teeth are not shown. That's a reflection of the goodness in the heart rather than hasya or a smile which is caused by something external that makes one laugh. But this is the, the reflection of, of, of goodness. And the beauty is a reflection of goodness. And it has a certain effulgence. And now Akrura, after 12 years, he's seeing that before him. They were the most, as they walked with the gait of young elephants. Young elephants are, are, are I had a friend who went to Africa and he saw baby elephants. He wanted to hug them, but the mother was nearby. They're, they're kind of majestic and aristocratic and kind of cute and baby elephant. So Krishna's walking had this attractive, this beautiful, attractive feature. Glancing about with compassionate smiles and they can see from his heart was expressed in his eyes and his smile, this heart of just wanting everybody to be happy. And he's seeing this form being shaped by the compassion in his heart. And it's so beautiful. And these two exalted personalities beautified the cow pastures with the impressions of their feet which bore the marks of the flag, lightning boat, bolt, elephant, goat, and lotuses, and their feet has these markings, and everything becomes auspicious by the touch of these feet. The two lords whose pastimes are most magnanimous and attractive, this rasa, who invoke love, were ornamented with jeweled necklaces, and flower garlands and they're anointed with auspicious fragrant substances so akura is looking and then the most 
ambrosial, the most beautiful fragrance. They can smell Krishna because his mother has anointed him with these fresh oils. And they're freshly bathed because they came with from sand and dust and the mother's bathing them and dressed in spotless raiment. They were the primeval supreme personalities, the masters and original causes of the universe who had for the welfare of the earth now descended in their distinct forms of Keshava or Krishna and Balaram. Oh, King Pariksit, they resembled. And this is Sukadeva Goswami who's heard these pastimes and meditated. And he said that they looked like gold bedecked mountains. And one of the mountains is emerald, that's Krishna. And one of the mountains is silver and that's Balaram. As with their effulgence, they dispelled the sky's darkness in all direction. Vrindavan is considered self-effulgent, but it even became brighter. So Akrurit is just with all his senses, he's just feasting on this. And the love is pouring out of his heart. And Akrura, overwhelmed with affection, quickly jumped down from his chariot and fell at the feet of Krishna and Balaram like a rod. He didn't jump down from the chariot. His feet were shaking from this ecstasy and, and, and they couldn't hold him anymore and he just fell off the chariot. The joy of seeing the Supreme Lord flooded Akura's eyes with tears. So what does this do to the mind? when this is the most consummate and powerful emotion imaginable. And it's flowing through his whole body because he has this energy of love in his heart, which is meant for the pleasure of Krishna. So it's just manifesting through his body and he's actually feeling this energy of love. And his mind becomes so disturbed, not disturbed like an anxiety, but just so overwhelmed with this emotion that the prana in his body becomes agitated. Again, not an anxiety, it just begins to move from all this excitement. And as the prana moves, it's somehow or other, it somehow or other dislodges the, the, the the water element in his body. And then he, the tears are coming from his eyes and that's increasing his love. And then the tears are coming down and they're drenching, they're decorating his body because they're a manifestation of love. And then his body, the hairs stand on end and there's eruptions of ecstasy. He felt such eagerness to serve Krishna <laughs> that he could not even speak to present himself. And Sukadeva Goswami is telling this to Maharaj Brickett. He can barely contain himself, which is why when he finally gets to describing the Ras Lila, he can't mention Radha's name. 
he's too, Sukadeva Goswami is just overwhelmed. Recognize Akura, Lord Krishna drew him close with his hand. This is what he was envisioning. It is coming true. As I mentioned before, spiritual desires can be fulfilled. Material desires can never be satisfied. They can be satisfied because that it's awakening who you are. It's very, very natural. The only thing separating you from God is your desire. The only thing separating from your material, your material, what's separating you from your, from your material desires is not the desire. You have the desire. You don't have the thing. <laughs> In spiritual life, you don't have the desire, but you can have the thing. There, in material, you, you, you have the desire, you have it, I want it, I want it, I, but you can't have the thing. You can only have what's above your constitution. It can only be satisfied in illusion. And that's the material world. We want something that we can't have by our constitution and God fulfills it in illusion. He reflects our consciousness on a material body to fulfill the material desires and frustrate them because it's not love. So it doesn't touch our heart. So it's, it, it, it's somehow or other, we're, we're wanting something that's not the, it, we ne it's not the real problem. There's a hole in our heart and it's not filled by material things. It's filled by service and love. So it's like someone who's starving and you try to satisfy him in other ways, and he may even have other desires, but, but somehow or other, it's caused by hunger. So unless he gets food, he'll never be satisfied. So unless we get the relationship with God, we'll never, and, and Krishna felt, and his hand, remember his lotus hand, which, which bears the sign of the chariot wheel, and then embraced him. Krishna felt pleased for he's always benignly disposed towards his surrender devotee. Pranata, tadvini pratapatena, to one who is giving oneself to him, then Krishna is pretty. Krishna's pleased. He's pleased with who? Pranita Vatsala. To those who are surrendered, Krishna is Vatsala. Vatsala means like a parent. He's very, very affectionate. As Akura stood with his head bowed, Balaram grasped his joined hands and then Balaram took him to his house in the company of the Lord. After inquiring from Akura whether his trip had been comfortable, Balaram offered him a first-class seat, bathed his feet in accordance with the injunctions of the scripture, and respectfully served him milk with honey. So this is called, in, in deity worship, Asha Madhuparka. When you want to greet someone, you give them fresh milk with honey. 
as a welcoming in the proper kind of culture. So he comes and he's being welcomed. He's being accepted. And then Balaram hands him this milk with this honey. The almighty Lord Balaram presented Akrura with the gift of a cow. Massage his feet to relieve him of fatigue. And then with great respect and faith, fed him with suitably prepared food of various fine taste. How wonderful is, is just culture. How wonderful is a society that has a culture and an etiquette and a tradition that's meant to nourish relationships. The very thing that people are starved with in this world. A study was done at Harvard. I described this before, but I'll just give the conclusion. That the single most important indication and cause of good health in one's life is the amount of quality relationships one has. The modern culture, it's amazing how people are misled what happiness is. It's been so Happiness has been so propagated as things and, and sensual experiences that the heart has been completely neglected. The heart has been completely neglected. I remember years ago, they did this happiness indicator sociologists and it's like some of the poorest countries in the world had the highest indication of happiness when they had highly intact communities and culture when they had communities and culture it was so nourishing to their heart i think pakistan was up there at the time or Bang no bangladesh because it had such a rich culture. It's amazing the modern world, how, how, how a culture is being promoted and, and fought for and, and promoted and, and, and so many ideas are there, but people haven't even turned around to think that people are in more anxiety, have more psychological problems than ever before. They should look at, at the direction of what their conception of happiness is and the things that they feel have to be um, provided. I told you that mantra from a little bridge bossy that he told me because I saw he was so blissful and he told me happiness is a heart filled with devotion. It's consciousness, it's simplicity. 
but what but what happens is is our mind is filled with so many some scars from the culture we grew up which is so many attachments to things and ego and superiority and so many things that our minds have too many klishna vrittis the minds have too many this is going to go off someplace if you can get my my charger will put it in I still got about five more minutes. Let her come back so she won't miss the class. But they're taking care of me really nice here at the Jagannath Healing House. And we had a, a visit yesterday by Indira Sri Rupa, Karuna and Kaylee. And they clipped them with big, okay. You plug it down there, I'll plug it in here, okay. Ah, I thought it would last longer. I'm kind of on fire today because I've actually been up since before midnight. <laughs> I had to wake up to begin the writing and then the chanting and the, so by the time this time rolls around, it somehow it doesn't fatigue me. It makes me more energetic. So I've got all this energy. The Almighty, and when a crew had eaten to his satisfaction, Lord Balaram, the supreme gnome of, of religious duty, offered him aromatic herbs for sweetening his mouth. That was always there when you go to Indian home and then they, they put in your hands some digestive things with sometimes, I don't know, just along with fragrances and flower garlands, Akura once again enjoyed Param Pritim, Param Pritim, satisfaction at the highest level. Nandamaraj asked Akura, now they're going to inquire from him how you were doing. Now, this is a very interesting point that's going to come up because right now I was, I was reading the commentary of Radha Govinda on these verses, and he was going to do a, a, a kata on Akura Leela, and he became so excited that he couldn't finish the Leela. So from now on in, I don't have access to his commentaries, but I don't mind because by this time, it's just so relishable. And what's going to happen? We discussed this this morning when Lord Chaitanya was leaving Shantipur and all the Navadri Basis were following him and, and their, their feelings of separation. It was just like the feeling of the resonance of Vrindavan when Krishna left. And why did he leave? Because Akrura is calling him. And we actually see what those feelings are that God himself wanted to become complete. 
He wanted to experience the, the love of his topmost devotee at the height of her love, which is the separation, which happens in this pastime. Krishna came as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to enjoy the love of Radharani at its height. So if you study the Chaitanya Charitamrita, you'll see what are the pastimes that he was meditating on that exemplified this height of love. Kurukshetra, where Radharani met Krishna after 96 years. It's the same moonlight night of the month of Chaitra. The same sweet malati breezes are blowing in the air, but I'm not happy here. I want you back in the days of my youth. The Ras Lila. The, uh, the this this pastime. There was one other that he would meditate on. Okay, Jamuna Jaya, what do you remember? Uh, I think, yeah. Maharaj. Hi, everyone. Thanks. Thank you again for another great class. Um, I was really most left with the, what, what you said about that Akura was feasting with Krishna, feasting on Krishna with all of his senses. And so it made me have, and then you went on to say that the mind was so absorbed you couldn't think. And all I could think of is like, take that impersonalist. You know, you're trying so hard to control your senses. And here it is just so absorbed in love and it's so joyful that it just makes, it's, it was just one of those times it was like, Bhakti makes so much sense because here he is and Krishna gives us beauty and so much to feast our, our senses on so we don't have to try to like lock them up. So I really And that it. very good. And that sensual feeling is love. And I give the example, if a mother cooks loving for her child Let's say the child is visiting, grown up, and the mother cooks for the child. Mm. Then the mother may eat, but her experience of the food is, the, uh, is how her child enjoyed. So the sensual experience is there, but it's not selfish. Mm. So it, 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 you're experiencing it, it sensually, but, but the feeling is the love. Otherwise, you look at beautiful things and, and you know, it's not for the heart. It's, so it, it's connected. Good. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Anybody else like to say hello? Hi, Krishna Mahaj. Yeah, Gail. Yeah, uh, yeah, I like the... Um, the yeah, definition of the false ego and the reason you gave for, you know, why it's like the most difficult thing to overcome, you know, you know, the false ego means, you know, that desire for superiority. But the problem is that there's always somebody who's going to be superior to you. And so that 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 um, satisfaction will never come, actually. That's why people, I guess, who are multi-billionaires are still trying to make more money or are still trying to get more power or whatever like that. Never ends. So, so one thing I was wondering if you wouldn't mind um, explaining to me this statement you made that 
gender is not a social construct. I didn't know what that meant. Because modern postmodern thought thinks that the nature of a woman, the nature of a man is not due to biology, it's due to the environment. And if you change the environment, then men could, would act more like women and women would act more like men. Of course, um, these are not like, it's not like there's not a woman that's more like a man and a man that's not like a woman, but in general. So what happened is modern liberal social psychologists thought that this was a, an effect. So what happened is in Sweden, which is a very liberal country, they reorganized the environment to make it gender neutral when people oh were God. young, right? So what they wanted to prove is is that if you change the environment, you'll change the psychology of men and women. But they were astounded when they did the data as scientists that they found out that in Sweden, <laughs> when the children grew older, they had the highest percentage of, of men who were engineers and women that were nurses. They had the lowest percentage of men that went into nursing. <laughs> and the lowest percentage of women that went into engineering. So they couldn't believe it. They, so they understood that it's, it's not a social contract. Mm -hmm. It's not a social construct. It's a karma and it's biological and there are differences. And it doesn't mean that you know, a woman can't be more masculine than some man, but in general. So that, I mean, have they never heard of men are from Mars and women are from Venus? Gail, you're so, that's so, huh? that's so far back. Well, I, I, I do have far okay. back consciousness yeah. well, and I'm proud of it. We'll take objection to what I, what, what, to this fact, but I was astounded that they, and these were like sociologists that actually had enough, had the opposite in, uh, agenda when they were actually doing the study. They wanted to find the, the opposite, but they, they wanted to find actually, it, you, you change the environment, you, 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 you know, then it, you know, it'll be gender neutral, but it's not. Yay. <laughs> uh, I'm, sure, I'm sure Joseph will be very happy with my philosophy today. <laughs> yes. He would too. We were made for each other. <laughs> okay. Anybody Thank else you, like to say something? Hare Krishna Maharaj. Hi, Bo. Hare Krishna. Thank you so much, Maharaj. Oh, this is Akiko, this is right? Nityangi. Nityangi. Hare Bo. <laughs> Hare Bo. Thank you so much for the sweet class. Thank you. <laughs> I want to visit your country and visit all the sweet people. Wow. <laughs> anyway. It is our pleasure, Maharaj. Thank you so much. We are waiting for you if <laughs> with not, our hearts. We'll have to meet in Govardhan. That's all I say. Oh, thank you so much. Okay. Haribo. Haribo. <laughs> Hare Krishna. 
Okay, that's Akiko. How are you? Yeah, I heard my name, so I had to say hello. Okay, great. How are you? <laughs> Good, thank you. Anybody else? Hey, Krishna Maharaj, thank you so much for the wonderful program yesterday. It was so enlivening. It's you, you, you enjoyed it. Oh, it was amazing. And it was really just simple. It wasn't like an official program. You just came <laughs> over. You were in town. And the Jagannath Healing House cooked up some prashadam. Which was amazing. It was the, the whole day was perfect. You like the Jagannath Puri doll? Yeah, I want the recipe. It was delicious. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you, Shupa. Anybody else? Hare Krishna Gumaraj, Tota Gopinath here. And Kishori Radha. Hare Bo. Hare Krishna. Good. Who else? Hare Krishna Maharaj. Where, where Every this is another part of your house or the same place? The same place, the same place in the garden, <laughs> but it's a night now, it's dark. Oh, it's night, that's why it's different. I thought it was a different, very, very good. I'm so Thank you very much for the lovely class. We will meet in Govardhan, right? <laughs> yeah, we hope so. Yeah, Mars, you, you said about having the desire when we're chanting Krishna's name that I want you, Krishna. So I made a little thing here an embroidery. It says, I want you. <laughs> it's like a little badge which that goes on the bead bag. So, yeah. <laughs> Wow, that's beautiful. Wow. Yeah, I, I get so much inspired with your classes. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> Thank you. That is beautiful. Thank you. Anybody Thank you. else? Thank you. Hare Krishna Maharaj, Pranams. Thank you so much. Hare Krishna. Hare Bal. I love your shares and realizations. I, I appreciate your session so much. Hare Krishna. Thank you. Thank you. Good. Anybody else? Hi, Krishna Maharaj. Hi, well, Gurudev. And my parents. Joe Kaylee, you missed it yesterday. Well, you yeah. just, your whole family was in ecstasy. <laughs> I got the full report when they got back. What? I got the full report when they got back, and I was envious. But They really, and Kaylee got to meet uh, Amala Vaishnav and plan their, their, their Vaishnav motorcycle retreat. Yeah. I disapprove, but whatever. I can't control her. <laughs> I knew you would disapprove, but <laughs> anyway, Karuna was ready to pay the money on the spot. <laughs> you still have a year to work on it. Yeah, we, we can talk and, and make some alliance. You know, maybe yeah, I have to live for the dom somehow. <laughs> it's all the dom if there's the devotees there. <laughs> Okay, anybody else? <laughs> okay, we can finish now. I see all the people there that have come on. Thank you so much. Okay, Francesco Padugas, Dr.